They don't want me. China doesn't want me. Iran doesn't want me. Nobody wants me. Nobody. So you guys watch the debate? Yes, I, I watched did. a little the bit whole of it. Thing. I watched uh, Sam Cedar's coverage of it. So he just live streams it and then just gets drunk and talks about it. So <laughs> that's honestly the best move for it too, because the whole thing is just aggravating from from just start to finish. It's brutal. I'm highly contemplating taking the day after the election off. Dude, yeah, I wait. What day of the week is the election this year? Tuesday. It's always Tuesday. Tuesday. Is it always Tuesday? Yeah. Uh It's it's the dumbest thing because every other like functional democracy in the world makes it the weekend because Oh yeah, Bolivia's was on Sunday. Yeah, like every single country's like they either make it like a full (laughs) week or they make it like a Saturday. But we're the ones who's like, no man, we do it on a Tuesday like the founding fathers intended. I fucking hate it so much, dude. I uh and I mean it like I'm lucky enough to work for somewhere where like I got a message or an email from the CEO that was like, uh, it's, you can take as much time as you need. Like you you don't need to use PTO or anything to vote that day, which is good. But like, yeah, like, I I mean, I don't obviously don't need it because I vote by mail. And even when you vote in person in Utah, it takes like two seconds because no one votes in person here. Right. (laughs) It's like, like I, I voted in person in the, in the primaries and it took, I was like the only one there. So it's um, a, it's amazing how easy it is to vote when they don't perceive you as a threat. Exactly. Like it's, it, you see how much Spencer Cox brags about how like our elections here and like the, the polling places that we have and like the vote by mail, like how it's universal mail in. And it's like, something tells me if this were like a purple state, like it, it, we wouldn't be experiencing this no. type of, uh, fully luxury uh, voting that we have in utah for some reason yeah absolutely not yeah if we lived in a state that actually had like a functioning democratic party um it would be different it would be a lot harder and it would be much more restrictive yeah so until the until uh um, they start trying to crack down on your voting in utah you don't have to perceive uh the possibility of you uh making a difference (laughs) when it comes to the presidential election in this state oh absolutely Oh my God. Heck. Instead, we're just subjected to our governor and opponent, our lieutenant governor and opponent just doing jag off ads about how they're nice to each other. Oh my God. Okay. We're saving that for last because, <laughs> or should we, I don't know. Should we, should we talk about that first or last? No, last because we're going to stack last. the ammo for that. Okay. That, one, that one's going to probably yeah. be us screaming and we need to get through everything else first. Okay. 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 Um, yeah. We should probably start with jerking off. we should start jerking off so we are recording this the night of uh the presidential the final presidential debate and sam cedar brought up a good point where he said this is likely the last time we will see either of the these men on the debate stage like it's probably even if trump were to win this election there's no way he's debating at any point throughout the remainder of his of of his four years and highly no. doubt there's a situation where Biden is uh, doing any debating in four years from now. So no. um, that was it. We we uh, we did that. But we're we, we are did also, it, folks. Yeah, we, we got through it. it. We did it as Americans. 
but we are also uh recording this the week of the holy trinity of being incredibly horny on maine in the worst possible situations that uh that you could really put yourselves in and of course we're talking Picks about out for um, tubin yes we're talking about god the father uh, jesus and the holy ghost which is uh tubin for Bragg and Rudy Giuliani, of course. And um, who wants to talk about Tubin? Because uh, I think this is, I, I guess we need Jordan to talk about Fort Bragg. So the first thing that happened, what's Tubin's first name? I don't even remember. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Jeffrey Tubin. El Jefe. And, and he works for the New Yorker. Is that right? Or worked? Uh, is it the new, the new yorker i can't remember yeah he's at the new yorker they haven't taken back his uh cartoon avatar just yet so oh that's good so they he he was he's a member of the new yorker and they were doing a um an election simulation over zoom and uh good old tubin thought that he had quote muted his video um which is incredible like just such like an, an amazing boomer just move that like boomer energy if, yeah real. if you just if you just silence your microphone then of course your camera goes dead and you have free reign to honk off yes. to your heart's content <laughs> and he so all you know there are a lot of people on this zoom call and then we start seeing some reports on twitter that uh good old Tubin had uh exposed himself on the zoom call in one way or another and the of course the next question is please say he wasn't masturbating and then Tug in un- with Tubin. unfortunately um he was and uh i mean nothing like an election simulation to really get you going quite honestly and uh sometimes it just that's fires actually a your new engine. category on Pornhub. <laughs> that's the new stuck under table. <laughs> uh, oh oh god. my god, rogue electors. <sighs> <laughs> so um oh, Lord. So this is bad. Tubin's safe word is Pennsylvania. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he so, was okay, hanging so, a different kind of Chad. God. Oh my god. So uh he I mean, this is obviously a very bad thing to do uh, when you're on a business call. Um, it's a bad and- thing to do on any call. <laughs> well, that's outside too. of like, you know, I'm all for like positive relationships. If you want to have phone sex, so yeah, whatever. But like, yeah, any sort of business related call, like, yeah, just keep your hands where your eyes can see, you this- know, 10 and 2, boys. This just reminds me of like Bill O'Reilly for some reason too, because like Bill O'Reilly's like first sexual harassment lawsuit that got settled in like 2007 or something like that was pretty much him calling up his producers and just honking off while talking to him. Great. That's just really great. And then just like, uh, um, Bill O'Reilly himself just right before it's just like, fuck it, let's do it live. And then he just whipped it out, dude. God. So, um one of the weirdest things about this story though is like the discourse about um about this event there's been like this uh string of media class people defending him and defending what has happened here um to like a weird level like everyone i haven't seen anyone calling for him to be like i haven't even seen anyone calling for him to be fired although he probably will be but like 
I've just seen endless amounts of jokes about this. And I saw endless amounts of jokes that day. And I, it's not like people were like calling him for him to be executed or anything, but people are, the people defending him are acting like they're um, taking some sort of get, like gallant stand against, against cancel culture. But really I thought just everyone was laughing at this, right? Am, am I crazy? Oh yeah. Like you saw like dorks, like Connor Fearsdorf and like German Lopez, just like going full on, on the whole, like, Hey, it's not good to humiliate a man for honking off during an election simulator for your newspaper. I just, yeah, I would like to go on record saying that, like, if someone ever honks off on a business call, that it is your solemn duty to make fun of them for the rest of their lives, because that's, hey, it's, it's like, it's super gross. It's also super funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Like, you deserve all the ridicule in the world. Okay, I got Connor Friedersdorf's uh, tweet here about it, which is amazing. Uh, when Occam's razor suggests someone humiliate themselves through a combo of technological error, pandemic circumstances, amazing. bad judgment, and bad luck, it seems like we should react with empathy, politeness, and forgiveness as we would no. want to be treated rather than punitive mockery. Dude. Punitive mockery? What does that mean? Like, you're going to get made fun of when, you, when, you, when you're this type of person doing that type of thing. You're going to get made fun of. That's just what's going to happen. Yes. Um, I'm not, I like, would hope you can go to prison or something, but like you, you get blasted on Twitter um, for as long as, as long as people want to get to continue blasting you on Twitter. Yeah. You I'm got just, judge Reinhold. Go. Come on. You yeah. have to deal with that. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to give you both permission that if I'm ever in a honk off scandal, <laughs> I give you both full permission. Don't that. <laughs> honk off gate. <laughs> Oh my but, god! Well, Greg, anyway, we are on if, Zoom. If I am in, if I am in a, uh, a honk off scandal, that's what I'm going to call it. That's pretty good. You both have you have my full permission to absolutely roast me, deal in person, online, to your family and friends. Please, you rip me apart luckily we, i deserve it luckily we don't have to worry about that because we are utah's uh predominant no fat podcast so yep. <laughs> absolutely absolutely we're saving it all we up. repress yeah any God. and all our proud boys uh are they no fat guys i can't remember oh yeah they are okay cool we're Western just keeping the uh yeah. keeping the spirit of brigham young alive truly well okay so Luckily for, um, so I think I think the second event right after the Tubin thing was the Rudy Giuliani thing, I, I believe, or and then the third one was the Fort Bragg one, I believe. Yeah, Very I think nice. so. Yes. So what happened with Rudy Giuliani? Um, he's been on fire lately because he's been the one out in front of all the cameras talking about how he apprehend he how he tactically apprehended a laptop from a computer shop that had Hunter Biden's. That no one can see Coke pictures and whatever. So he's been all over the place. But um, another thing that's happening this week is that Borat 2, starring and created by Sasha Baron Cohen, of course, um, is coming out uh, on Friday. And it turns out that there is a key scene in the movie in which Rudy Giuliani is laying on his back with his hands that are very... There's been a lot of pictures of old dude hands 
lately, like Mitch McConnell's hands, uh, Prince oh, Charles or whoever. Straight up from... Crip Creeper hands, bro. What the fuck, dude? They all have these just like d- the most disgusting hands, and they're not just normal old old hand old guy hands because I I have grandparents. I know what like. Come on, like these guys have like they, got they have zombie hands. It's all over. They're like pulled with blood as if they had been hung from the feet up and we're just like all the blood had gone to their hands it's so weird but anyway we have a, so i think we're just facing a massive adrenochrome shortage in washington right now and it's uh starting to take weird uh effects yes. on people i think so yeah um, i mean they used it Mitch all up to save chris christie <laughs> <laughs> yeah but Mitch, i mean if you take a look on twitter and you see mitch mcconnell's hands they can really only be described as like late stage larry miller <laughs> oh so disgusting they're like they, they should be amputated but chris his, christie his, his hands his hands have syphilis yeah chris christie famously too big to fail um and uh okay so rudy giuliani was there's th- these photos that were released of I, I, I don't know if they're just screenshots from the movie that's coming out but rudy giuliani is laying back with his just on this bed with his hands down his pants and uh they a couple like outlets like um i can't remember who the first one was whether it was like it was like the guardian or bbc or something i think it um, was i think it was yeah it was either the hill or the guardian yeah they uh they had an ex- excerpt from the movie of like what happened in this scene and there's a girl that's like in this room with rudy with rudy giuliani and um she was like a- apparently had it told him to take off his his microphone that he was using and then rudy giuliani claims he was like tucking down tucking in his pants or tuck i don't even know what the fuck his claim is but he was very clearly um getting ready to get himself off with or just getting ready to like have sex with this girl or so he assumed was gonna happen and then apparently sasha baron cohen as borat comes in and says no, she's 15. She's too old for you, which is so hilarious. I have, <laughs> I have pulled up uh, the discourse blog actually has a transcript. Okay, let's go. So, you know, like we, we've already talked, like laid the, uh, put the mm-hmm. silverware on the table. We made the, so at this point, Borat rushes into the room wearing a wig and some kind of lingerie, or lingerie bustier over white boxer brief and what appears to be a G-string. Um, <laughs> quoting the dialogue directly, Borat, put down your frump, Giuliani. Oop, Giuliani sits up straight. Borat, she's 15, she's too old for you, Giuliani. Why are you dressed like this, Borat? She's my daughter, please take me instead. Take my an- or take my anus, pronounced, pronounced anus, Giuliani. I don't want to. Giuliani stands up and begins to leave the room. Borat following him. No, take my anus. Do not have her. Tatar, I believe that is his daughter in the movie, uh, says, I'm better than him. Borat, no, I I, no, I better my back pussy very tight. Tutar, no, please, my inaudible anus. Borat, please, I will let you enjoy my hum in your mouth. Giuliani at the door. No, no, Tatar. I would love to marry you, Borat. I was in prison many years, so I have techniques with my mouth. Giuliani to a security guard in the hall. I don't know what's going on here. Who is this guy, Borat? Oh my God, he he claimed later that he knew that it was Sasha Baron Cohen. So that's hilarious. That yeah. he said that. No, he claimed he knew yeah. it was Borat. Oh my God. <laughs> 
Um, Borat then finishes, I forbid this unit or union. Borat as Giuliani is walking down the hall. Rudy, Trump would be disappointed. You're leaving hotel without golden shower. Incredible, uh, incredible stuff. If you would have told me in 2020 I'd be excited for a Borat sequel, I would have I oh, yeah. said you were crazy. But I will say, though, that when I saw Borat in theaters, I don't know how many years ago, 10, 12 years ago. Oh, it was amazing. I don't know. I don't think I've ever laughed harder in my entire no. life. No. Hush Baron Cohen's amazing, dude. He's so good at this shit. Oh, his, his TV show on Showtime was amazing, too. Yeah, oh, the, highly this recommend This show? is America. Yeah. Yes, that was, A+. Uh, plus. I, I think about that scene where they told the rural Arizonans that they were going to build the mega mosque there. Yes. Um, I think about that oh. scene often. Um, and like the Mossad body uh, body security guard guy. And he the, was... Yeah, the what gun- was it the uh, the the Georgia member of Congress who had to resign for saying the oh, oh yeah the, yeah there was so there was the state house guy that I think had to resign and then he also did the kid show with uh, with Sheriff Joe Arpaio yes um I think he, did he have uh, an episode with Roy Moore as well I, I think did. he did yes. yeah and then the last episode was talking about murdering your wife with oj simpson oh that's right no he did the he did the roy moore one i remember this one too because it was the pedophile detector (laughs) yes (laughs) although i don't know if anything will ever trump or trump uh getting dick cheney to sign a waterboard gallon jug god that's right i i don't know the pedophile detector is pretty close up there because It it must not work. Like it just beeps a on you. Son of a bitch that he was like, that he could probably find. Like he probably thought that was funny. Like Dick Cheney shot his friend with a shotgun. Like he he just doesn't give a shit. No, no he does not. He's like he's the worst human alive. Yeah. He, oh. Like if there's anyone who's surviving off adrenochrome, it's Dick Cheney. Yeah, dude. Yeah, for like the last thirty years. Yeah, absolutely. That, um, and that baboon heart just keeps on ticking. Yeah. So like since Bush Senior was in office, oh, it truly, it truly does. Um, so the third thing, as as all uh, dick attacks do, they come in threes, and um, one of the most interesting and Looks funny like and unexpected ones was the third one. And I'm gonna let Jordan take this one away because this one is near and dear to his heart. I think this. It's it's uh, it's very it's a very special place in his heart. He had a lot of great times there, and I think that this is indicative of of his situation. Yes. So the a third one in- salute to the troops. <laughs> <laughs> so the ser- third one involves uh, Fort Bragg, North Carolina, the largest military base in the United States, uh, home of the 18th Airborne Corps, home of the 82nd Airborne, home to JSOC home to pretty much everything you can think of for yes, for the army and also apparently home to a very horny public affairs officer because <laughs> all of it like that was probably the best twitter day since like trump got caught rona like bar none everyone's like holy shit this is still up it holy top, shit he tweeted top, again top three day in 2020 oh definitely so it first started out there with uh, just someone noticing odd tweets coming from the Fort Bragg account. The first one being in reference to a porn star who said, bro, why did you subscribe to my OnlyFans if you hate pubic hair? Why, bro, why? 
To which the official page for Fort Bragg, North Carolina wrote, he's lost and doesn't know a good thing when it's staring him in the eyes or tickling his nose in this case. Just going to say that uh, that guy who hates pubic hair would never, ever make it in Vietnam because he just can't handle the jungle. (laughs) Boo. Boo. And then the second tweet from the account that came out was in reference to the same porn star, except for with a wonderful titty shot. It says my face, then my boner, then my face again, before I come up to give you a deep, long kiss. You have to preface it with like, because didn't the tweet say like of, of the girl with the titty POV. thing? It said something like, oh my God. this is what your boner sees or something like it's that. Like your boner is POV or something. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That... And he responded with that. It's, oh my God. So boner POV how is long my new had he been name? tweeting from this other account for, from the, from the Fort Bragg? Account? Just for like an hour or so. But what okay. seemed what it is too, is just like someone had access to it and forgot to switch the accounts kind of like Kevin Durant style. And <laughs> yeah. ex- except for horniness on a government account that is a uh, probably highly monitored. Yeah. It's insane. So they, is that, isn't that just considered friendly fire? Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> He's on fire. Um, so they, they, once this did get found, once they did get found out at some point, um, they made a public statement from that account saying that they were hacked. Then like minutes later, they deleted the account, ca- the account altogether to, to fucking regroup and figure out what they were going to do. It was and so then, amazing. I know. And then they finally came back, um, was that did they come back the same day or was it the day after? I saw the tweet. It's still not after. back. Oh, it's not. No, they said they're going to bring it back in a few days and all that. Oh, but. so where did they say that it, that it wasn't actually a hack? Uh, they said it this morning too. Apparently, just through the actual like official <laughs> public affairs officer for Fort Bragg. Uh, let me see if I can find his name. Okay, so they made a public statement outside of Twitter this time to really make sure they got it right. A civilian employee was responsible for the lewd tweets posted on the Fort Bragg military base's official Twitter account on Wednesday, (laughs) according to Colonel Joe Bucchino, the public affairs officer for the 18th Airborne Corps. (laughs) Well, we all know that a troop is forbidden and simply cannot be horny on Maine. So that checks out. Yeah, especially not in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That would never happen. <laughs> Jordan was was very adamant that this is the most fond memories he will ever have about that place, despite having lived there for how long? Like three and a half years. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that place is sucky. I'm glad I'm not there. I hope I never have to go back there for anything. But the denial is actually really funny, too, if you look at it, too. This is before they de- deactivate everything, because I screenshot everything, because this was the greatest day <laughs> of my life. <laughs> As many of you may know, there were a string of explicit tweets from our account this afternoon. This was not the work of our admins. Our account was hacked. We apologize to our followers. We have secured our account and looking into the matter. <laughs> And then, like, the next day, it's like, yeah, never mind. Uh, that was The us. hacked thing is always so funny because, like, oh, funny. when when it, people do actually get hacked, like, do you remember when, like, hacks were, like, a thing? And, like, I mean, we see it every, like, very rarely, but, like, when, like, anonymous was a thing and, like, people were, like, were going onto accounts, they would just tweet, like, absolutely insane shit, uh, often had, like, slurs. 
this guy like the idea of hacking the Fort Bragg account to be like respectfully horny to like OnlyFans creators <laughs> is such a funny thing to do. Yeah, and that's why everyone saw right through it too. I was like, yeah, it's like no, no, dude, you forgot to switch <laughs> accounts. Like, just be honest here. Hacked. I just imagine the guy on that Twitter account just being like Homelander when he's addressing the crowd and just looking at all these OnlyFans girls being like, no, you're the real hero. <laughs> oh but let's see that that reminds me i think somebody i think i just heard that uh oh yeah there was some security expert who guessed trump's uh, twitter password um maga and- 2020 <laughs> speaking of hacking apparently it is oh, alive you, and well yes maga 2020 was uh with an exclamation, exclamation point points was his password no two factor somebody which somebody pointed out is the wi-fi password for like trump events oh my god <laughs> he's such a dumbass why did they like why is no one like why have they not seized that account from him or it's just insane yeah the only thing I, just, I thought of when i saw that he was like i could have guessed that i know not just that but like this 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 guy with a password that says MAGA 2020 exclamation point this is the guy that's running interference across the globe with china and iran and russia this guy yeah yep we're supposed to believe that this guy was the one who coordinated this unilateral nation worldwide conspiracy to get him into the oval office yep he's a fucking genius dude he's playing 19d chess (laughs) exactly Um, this is this is the 4d chess guy right here maga 2020 yeah, so, Mel Brooks in Spaceballs ass password. <laughs> yeah, truly. So it's been it's been a good week, obviously. Um, but bringing it a little closer to home, uh, obviously, we are still still dealing with the exact same uh, problems here in Utah that have just been um, continuously ongoing, um, and the COVID cases are continuing to rise. Um, and we will be talking about Spencer Cox later uh, after we talk about the uh, the debate that we witnessed tonight. But um, did anyone today we did break another record for COVID cases in Utah? Um, and did anyone watch the press conference with, from Governor Herbert today? No, I, I followed Good along call. on Twitter from like just reading like Robert Gerke's feed, but other yeah, than that, no, I did the same with Ben Winslow. Yeah, so, it's like I don't feel the need to watch these anymore because I can pretty much guess exactly what they're going to say. Please yeah, follow the guidance we're giving you. Here's some doctors to tell you how bad it is, despite us not doing so, anything about it. Also, yeah, so here's me denying everything. Yeah. So first thing. Uh, Utah was on CNN the other day because some CNN person has a sibling that lives in Utah and needed to go to the ICU or something. And they're straight up turning people away um, because ICUs are full. And they were talking about that not only are people dying from COVID, obviously, but people are dying because they can't go to an ICU for other reasons that aren't COVID. So, like, this is a... um, huge problem but you always know that these days are going to be bad when like we get notice at like 9 10 a.m that governor herbert's called yet another press conference for him to just like uh scold i guess because he doesn't really do anything else um 
Yeah, it's so a- something in particular that they so so last week they released some like new updated plan of how they're gonna pretend to do shit, but um yeah the freeway yells at me now to tell me that i'm in the high risk area yep which is awesome because i'm still going to work yeah um so my god this is interesting so uh dr dunn she was talking about how our seven day rolling average is uh 1289 cases um positive percentage is 15.5 overall state icu utilization is 74 percent and she says the public health system is quote stressed and she's and she said i don't know what to do anymore she said sounding frustrated i'm really not trying to scare anyone i'm just trying to inform you um and again <laughs> just say the exact same thing. it, it sounds like some famous last words of like a contagious or like outbreak movie just just fucking playing the band on the titanic just well we got nothing better to do let's just let's just strike up the band folks it is just very band nero playing the fiddle titanic. man it really is so we have almost um Almost all st- all counties in the state are in high transmission risk, um, but something that that Governor Herbert and again they had like Intermountain folks saying that like, um, like please like the healthcare our healthcare system is being completely overrun. Um, I wish I had good news or any good news at all. Cases are at an all time high, um, and. Something that I'm going to see if I can find the uh, Governor Herbert thing. Um, he explicitly was talking about uh, he, he's now claiming there are mandates in place across the state for masks. Of course, this isn't him mandating it, but like they have um, a, have delegated down to the counties or even narrower than that. Um, I, he said none of which are being enforced, by the way. Um, yeah, tell us about Utah County because I hear it. it's it's too late. Like if they would have done it at the same time as Salt Lake, if it all would have happened at that same time, but like it's waited, they've waited no. way too long. Yeah, we no, we 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 completely fucked up the end game. It's done. Um, Utah County is having a normal one right now. Uh, first of all, when they passed the uh, mask mandate, what last month or so, um, the Utah County Sheriff said they weren't going to enforce it at all. So that was awesome. And this week, uh, Bill Lee, the one of the the county commissioner who is just kind of a fucking monster, pretty much said that like, we we undid our mask mandate. Like the state's ones is still in effect, but he's pretty much just signaling like we're not gonna worry about it just because like we got rid of ours. So you know, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yeah. So Utah County is having a normal one. Oh yeah, there's gonna be fans at the BYU game on Saturday. Great. Things are great. It's Super it's cool. it's awesome. And uh, okay, so this is what he said. It was when somebody asked him like uh, about quote going the full New Zealand and the way that they handled things. There are a few things. I mean, okay, they're obviously an island, but like setting aside that, um, they have a, de- a government that works far different than ours and uh, is far more democratic and far more democratically concerned than ours. Um, but he said explicitly that like anything stronger than what we're doing now, basically he says he believes that would make people rebel even more. And they're trying to thread the needle to avoid quote overreach. 
this is like the most fucking insane thing ever is sure. how just in how obsessed they are with like this this uh overreach thing that they're going to be like well what's going to happen to them like do they think that the, the people are going to storm the state house or what i think they're kind of thinking that too but i think they're also just kind of worried that they're going to make the line go down and since like utah prides itself on having like a great economy they don't yeah. know what to do if the economy ever just goes to shit, even though like Utah's economy is just like based off of cheap credit and like startups that get bought out in like two weeks anyway. Yeah. So, but on top yeah. of that too, it's like, it's not just New Zealand too. Like I, I think I tweeted about this day too, like, but Vietnam yeah. is wide open right now because they hit it early on. Literally all of Southeast Asia, they were like, yeah, Taiwan were, too. Yeah. Anyone that had anyone that had COVID or was, was, uh, like around someone who did they they helped people into they put they put them in quarantine in quotes but they really just put them up somewhere they bought them gr- groceries for every meal of the day and kept them safe and secluded and then took them to a hospital if they needed it but kept people safe um and in salt like solitary like with their families or whatever for as long as they needed and they did that with that with everyone that yeah that experienced this this happened in in the um like all throughout South Southeast yeah. Asia, basically, but Vietnam in particular. Yeah. Vietnam like, was amazing with their response to you because what they did was if you got COVID, you got immediately put in a hospital, regardless of if you were, if you were sick or not, because we want to observe you want to make sure you're okay. But also on top of that too, we're going to do contact tracing to four layers beyond whatever you did. So anything yeah. that you had came in contact with, we're going to quarantine those people up to four layers beyond what, beyond yeah. what they did. And also on top of that too, we're going to mobilize the entire mechanisms of government to deal with this too. We're going to put exactly. the, we're going to put the army out there like sanitizing streets and sanitizing buildings and things like that. And or guess how many having, having cops pass out masks, yes. for instance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just things like that. That's You've all you had all to do. Public, public servants or whatever that are littered throughout everywhere. And that are just, you know, especially in this country, Maybe have them do something productive, <laughs> like give people masks. We can't even we can't even get cops to wear masks. And cops, cops are the most dangerous thing for cops in this country right now. It's COVID. It's, it's COVID. It's not fucking yeah. rioters or whatever. No, but the, we're just getting our asses whipped by third world countries that we've like demolished in the last fifty years. Yeah, and that's like, why. That's why I kind of think like the whole like New Zealand thing is. I I don't like using that as an example. I like using Vietnam because one, totally, Vietnam is ninety five million people. They've mm-hmm. had thirty five deaths. <laughs> 35 deaths because they actually took it seriously and yeah. they put in an effort. Unlike the United States, unlike the UK who just like pretty much like punted and was like, well, if it, if it goes to shit, it goes to shit, but oh well. Yeah. And guess what? During this whole thing, like we were told like we have to either deal with it or we lose the economy during this whole thing. Vietnam's GDP went up. Cool. Like it went up, their economy didn't suffer because they just realized like, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to mobilize everything. We need to get things taken care of. And then guess what? You can open up the economy when it's not a threat anymore. And then you're fine. Must be nice. I mean, like it, it is, it is everywhere in Southeast Asia that they just apparently, um, you have like the, the communist state of Kerala in, in India, you've got full baseball stadiums in Taiwan. It's just like, Bro, they were throwing water park parties in Wuhan <laughs> months ago. I know. You know what's the big driver of like the second waves in like South Korea and places like that? 
U.S. troops going there. Yeah. Jesus. Great. Yeah. So, and I I like, I I was, um, when we first hopped on here earlier, Greg asked how I've been. And I was just like, dude, so today um, it got colder today. The weather has been so nice for the last few weeks, but today got cold. And I just was sitting here like thinking about this winter and (sighs) even with like how good I have it here, like, I'm just thinking, I just started feeling like extremely claustrophobic with how like cooped up it's going to be for months. Like in the debate tonight, Joe Biden mentioned like rightfully so that we're going to have a very dark winter. And like there's a, there's potential that we have another 200,000 Americans die by, um, by the end of winter. It's like, this is just, it's, it's so, I, I just don't even, I don't know how anyone can possibly stay sane through this or like have any sort of um, delusions about. Um, it's like we said in the last episode, you're either going to be Rocky four or the shining. It's yeah, dude. Yep. Yeah. You got two choices. Yeah. And, I just uh, ordered more weights. So which way Western man. And speaking of of that dichotomy, we've we obviously, as mentioned, had the third debate tonight. Then third and final, the last time we're going to see our beautiful boys. And um, darn. Okay. Well, first thing, did you guys see that that guy who uh, um, who does just those incredible Trump um, impressions, like the oh, the, the Scooby Doo one? Like that dude's amazing. Phenomenal. The Weird it's Al incredible. one is incredible. I Jordan, you should put in the audio here because I was I, I I've been watching at least for, for the Scooby Doo one because I think that's my favorite. Um, but I've been I've been watching all of his videos and then I was watching the debate tonight and I was like, he it was fucking brilliant. Like it's so perfect. It's it's exactly the way he talks. It's the best Trump impression I've ever heard. Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo, Scooby Doo. They call him Scooby Doo. They call show Scooby-Doo, but Scooby doesn't do anything. Scooby is not involved. Half the time, Scooby's not even involved. He's just a bystander. It's one of the worst deals we've ever had. To call a show Scooby-Doo and then not deliver on Scooby-Doo, this is not a show about a dog sniffing its ass, okay? This is your show up with the mystery team in a van, and they walk around and they do, you know, they, they figure out, you know, mystery, they're solving mystery. Uh, like the this, key is to just never stop talking. Well, and is also, that it's just this like really awful, morbid stream of consciousness that just doesn't stop. But about very specific, like stupid uh-huh. topics, like yes, Scooby yes, Doo, yes. for instance. But not try to like be not political or anything like that, or like trying to parody his political beliefs, which we just know are just like a a diarrhea stream of like right wing conspiracy memes. But like something like Trump is like the toilet thing. Yes. The way he talks about showers or the way he talked about kissing the men and the women in the crowd, like just like ridiculous things. Like it's so it's so much. He's so much more fun to listen to when he's doing that type of thing. And that's like what the made those impressions. So and and, and that's what makes like wanting to do impressions of him. So like contagious too. like, I think like Matt from Chapo said it best too. He was just like, sometimes you just find yourself like, just like filling up a fountain drink. like (laughs) Coca-Cola. It's so funny. It reminds me of the greatest Trump tweet of all time where he was talking about uh, how terrible Coke is. And he's like, it doesn't matter. I'll still keep drinking that garbage. (laughs) 
Yeah, dude. Still, like, it's my all-time favorite Trump tweet. That one's the, yeah. And then there's, like, the, the classics talking about Greg Carter and, and all those. His Oscar parties aren't hot anymore. <laughs> His Oscar bad, parties aren't hot anymore. The bad food restaurant is up there, too. That's a great one. Uh, the Robert Pattinson one. Uh, oh, about, like, him and... Uh, Kristen and, Stewart, yeah. Kristen Stewart. Oh, my God, that's See, right. This is, this is back when Trump still had his magic. Well, okay, but, like, even before then, this was, like, when he was... Um, I saw someone describe him as being, like... He, he he used to just consume all of like the tabloid media but that mm -hmm. turned into like right-wing political conspiracy media and that's like what he what he spews now but like all his entire stream of conscious consciousness that he has now used to be just like about robert pattinson or diet coke or like just dumb shit that like was funny and now it's just like the the shit he said tonight at the, at the debate was just insane and he just he looks like shit he's clearly like we, we talked about this I, we he it's looks very, so bad he knows he's gonna lose um he's in, he's in whiner about, mode now like he's just moping yeah he's just crying like the whole thing is just like um yeah he's just he just whines it's it's really like it's unbecoming. The little, <laughs> the little bit that I watched, I, I did, I, I tweeted one thing about the debate and it just said, Trump's not even entertaining anymore. Like the magic's gone. Like, it he's is. finally reached the fat Elvis stage of his presidency. <laughs> hey, fat Elvis could still put on a show though. Come on. Like that Hawaii performance was amazing. That's right. That's right. Yeah. He's just like, TCB baby. Come anymore, on, bro. I mean, it was similar to like the Burgess Owens and Ben McAdams debate where Burgess Owens brain is just like, it's just this like swirling tornado of all these things that like he's heard from like different pieces of like psychotic media that he consumes. And he, he just grabs little things and spits them out. Like Trump said that thing about how um, he said that only like 1% of, of, um, um, asylum seekers go to their asylum hearings when it's really like 98% or something like that. And that of course continued on where he, I mean, he was just on, he was back on his like immigrant bullshit where he was saying like, he, he went with, they obviously brought up how um, this week it was, it was seen that they, uh, or it came out that there are like 550 children who they cannot find their parents um, of course, as a result of the family separation policy at the border. So they brought this up, up to Trump and he was like, you know, he just had nothing good to say, but he rightfully brought up that like a lot of the, uh, the immigration foundation was made by the Bush and Obama administrations. But of course, the family separation policy was um, really codified and kicked into, into high gear with Trump and the way he talked about the way he talks about immigrants, man, it's just uh Yeah, the the one that really stuck to me was when they were talking about like people who are deported and then return. He's like, I don't want to say it, but the only people who return are the are the ones with the lowest IQs. No, he was he was talking about the ones that show up to their asylum hearings. He said it was when he was talking about like he said only one percent show up to their asylum hearings, which of course it's not true but that's like a probably like a dan bongino thing or something but he said like the only people that show up to their asylum hearings 
or the, the, the ones that come back to on their court date that they're supposed oh. to have. So, so like when, when you show up, when, if, if you come to the, to the country quote illegally or whatever, um, and they, they release you from the holding facility, they give you a court date of when you're supposed to show up. And he was saying that only 1% ever come back and show up. And the 1%, he said, were quote, low IQ. Um, well, yeah, just fucking insane. Um, yeah. The whole thing that he was going off about immigration is just like he said the coyote thing. He yeah. said like the uh, like when he, when he's taught when he's talking about these children that can't that they don't have their parents. He's like, well, these children are brought here by coyotes to smuggle drugs. It's like, no, these children are here and separated from their families. Like their families came here. You took them away from their families. But these camps then, are so nice. They're they're so clean and nice. Yeah. Oh boy, yeah. He was uh he was bragging about the cleanliness and like the um, incredible uh, facility ice facilities they have down there. Of course, As if there haven't them. been like how many COVID outbreaks at these facilities? Yeah, COVID Count- outbreaks, countless like, COVID uh, outbreaks, countless like sexual assaults, countless yeah, yes. children starving to death. Um, it's just like. It's insane. Um, and this so, motherfucker is out here trying to make it sound like it's, they're at a Holiday Inn Express or some bullshit. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, the immigration stuff was probably the hardest thing to listen to during the debate uh, as far as like what Trump was saying. The rest of it was him just whining. Um, his, his strongest attack against Biden, honestly, is why didn't you do these things that you said you're going to do because you've been in government since like the, the 20s or whatever. And, um, and then that, I think that's a fair criticism, but like Donald Trump also pretends like he hasn't been the president for the last four years. And the way he talks about all these things that have, that have, that are going on currently as if they're not like a, um, a consequence of his administration is just, is, is insane. Yeah. That Um, line hits a lot better if you're not president of the United States for four years. Yes. If the roles were reversed right now, (laughs) then like, yeah, no, but this is, you can't. He you wants can't it to be 2016 again. That's that's the yeah. whole thing. The the whole debate was like, you, why didn't you do these things? You've been in government forever too, because he's still trying to run like that outsider businessman after being president for four years. Like yeah. a lot of the attacks, like seemed like they he were calls, tailored. He for calls Hillary. Joe a politician. He says he's not a politician. He brought back like the super predator stuff, which Joe Biden did not say. Joe- that was yeah. that was Hillary in '96. <laughs> Joe Biden did not say that. He brought up like the Wall Street money stuff too, which is like, yeah, yep. Joe Biden's kind of shitty about like that. Yeah, I get that, but for the most part, you use that against Hillary because you were the outsider, and like he yeah. said in like reference to that too is like, if I went to Wall Street, I get all the money. I'd get, I'd, I'd break records. I'd break records. It is, it is incredible that he uses that attack against Joe Biden to say like he's because of like the the uh donations or whatever is ties to wall street that he's like beholden to them um but then we just keep seeing how many like it like how much moneyed interests or hotel interests he has all over the world whether it's saudi arabia or china or anywhere else um russia i guess but like just obviously like um yeah everything that trump is yeah everything trump has done like the last four years has been like a means to like enrich himself his yeah. whole re-election campaign has just been like a laundering method for his own like his own bank account too because his campaign's broke because all the money just goes back to him. Yeah. Exactly. And so yeah, and then he says the same thing like the stuff about healthcare and it's like they've been like it's the Republican Party doesn't have have uh 
have policies that help people. So when they talk about like healthcare, like all that stuff is completely vapid and empty because none of this is actually real. You can't, what's more right wing than Obamacare? Like genuinely, because it, it is a private health insurance government program. Like it was developed by the Heritage Foundation. Yeah. And like the only non right wing things about it are the Medicaid expansion and also yep. the uh, consumer protections, Medicaid yes. expansion. And uh, that's like it. But the main structure <laughs> of it is incredibly right wing because it's just a handout to insurance companies. Yeah. And that was one of the most depressing things about this is that they just they had an argument. They were just they're trying to paint Joe Biden as being Bernie Sanders, obviously. And Joe, Joe Biden can't help himself but just speak very loudly and adamantly about how he beat bernie sanders and he beat the socialists and he beat the blah 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 because he believes in private insurance and blah blah blah, blah. and he thinks health care is a right but somehow that right means having to pay a health insurance company it's it's convoluted and it's disgusting and it sucks that we have to have this it's this is just where we're at and it's it's depressing um and this one wasn't like fun or funny by any means it was just like i mean this is the last debate the elections in uh less than two weeks week and a half right yeah two weeks from tuesday this last yeah, it's tuesday. two weeks from tuesday so i'm just like trying to maintain any semblance of sanity another a thousand one thousand americans died today it's just like and we're having arguments about like whose son benefited more from their father's name. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, <laughs> it oh. sucks so bad. But you know, at least we got like Joe <clears throat> Biden calling the proud boys, poor boys, which I thought was actually funny. Dude. Well, his and ass. All, that, and that was funny. And uh, people also thought that that Biden messed up when he called Trump Abraham Lincoln, but he called Trump Abraham Lincoln because Trump always says that thing where he says, no one's done more for the, for the black community since Abraham Lincoln than me. And he says that <laughs> over and over and over and over. Oh. And I don't even know, I don't, I, I don't know if he's referring to like the few people's sentences he got commuted because of like Kim Kardashian or, and like Van Jones or whoever. Yeah. Like it the was, 38 people. Yeah. It, like it does he is that what he's talking about like i honestly don't know i suppose so he probably just thinks of himself as the great emancipator because he did three dozen people yeah well it's it's that and i think he always talks about the low unemployment rates which of course unemployment rate is such a ridiculous measurement it, it's a fake it. number at this point like yeah most people like if you were unemployed before corona you've just given up yeah, absolutely. And not to mention the old, like um, people having to be overemployed, like working multiple jobs. But um, yeah, so Joe called him Abraham Lincoln and Trump got like viscerally confused about it. Like he, he didn't understand why Biden said that. And it takes a lot to make Biden look sharp. But I was like, Jesus, they uh, they did give they did give Joe the uh, the good drugs again, I guess. Which apparently has a shelf life of like 80 minutes. Cause like at like, at like the 20 minute left mark, like both of them were just powering down. I think he called Rudy Giuliani, like <laughs> Rudy Julian or something. Rudy Johnny or something. I was like, Raleigh, Polly, Jolly. <laughs> Polly, Jolly Christmas. It was brutal. Um, uh, and it, it's even, so one of the hardest things about listening to Biden is like 
he says these things like because they're they're so committed to like we're the party of science or whatever um and like we believe in science not fiction and he says he says these things about like what the climate scientists say about we have eight to ten years to turn things around or else we're we're obviously going to be facing irreparable harm but we know that his climate policy is insufficient. Like it, it's, it's decent. It's like a half of a green new deal. And, but we know the green new deal was barely like making the cut. So like, do we listen to the scientists or not? And like, where's the line on where we listen to the scientists? Because are we listening them, to them and then just saying, well, it's not worth it. And we talk about the cost of these government programs, like the green new deal, even though they, um, our jobs programs and they provide jobs for millions and millions and millions of people. Um, but what's the cost of inaction? <laughs> and it's, it's literally environmental collapse. So um, that's really hard to, uh, to listen to. Um, and I, I struggle uh, with those parts of these debates where Biden, you know, says the healthcare is a human right thing. We, you know, we listen to the science about the environment, but like, we're still Not really, no, we don't. <laughs> and JK, JK, LOL. That. And the thing that just like that really got me was that it just didn't seem like there was really any sort of like substantial or substantive policy that was being talked about no, at all wasn't. throughout the debate. There wasn't. It was mainly just like the only way policy was being discussed about was if it was being diffused through another politician. Like, yeah. if you were talking about environmental policy, you were talking about AOC plus the three, which I AOC guess is, plus three, that which, was, which I'm uh, guessing is reference to the squad. I don't really know for is, sure. Yeah. And but also it'd be through like Bernie Sanders, like you want to get rid of everyone's private health care, just like Bernie Sanders. Actually, Kamala's even further left than Bernie Sanders. And like mm-hmm. and the entire thing is just apparently made just to make me want to just slam my head against the wall until I stop feeling. But yeah. Whatever. I really, th- I really think there's something to the the Felix Biederman uh, anecdote where he talks about <clears throat> that America is a dying country. America is terminal. I think we can all agree with that, and that our choices are how America is going to die. Are we going to uh, be around the deathbed with our families telling stories and holding hands and accepting our death with Joe Biden? Or are we going to fight against we the just dying gonna light? Put, yeah. Are we just going to put our blinders on and continue to deny and reelect Trump? That's really what it is. Yeah. And well, the, and the, the thing with the, the, with Biden in particular is like, I've been, I've been complaining about this on Twitter cause I'm annoying, but like, I've been seeing so many of those make America kind again signs. Oh, it's the fucking worst. Yeah. So they're everywhere. Um, Which is insane for one thing, because when have we ever been kind as a nation? (laughs) That is, yeah, exactly. Well, and two other things I want to, or one other thing I want to mention first, I see absolutely zero Trump signs anywhere in Salt Lake. Zero. I see a shit ton of other Republican signs. So if you're a Trump, if you're a Trump head, I can't remember if I mentioned this on pod, but people have just like replaced um, having a Trump sign with like a Burgess Owen sign, even if you live outside the district, which is hilarious. Um, but yeah, I see zero Trump signs, but I see so much Biden shit around here. And uh we obviously know he's still going to get smoked here, but um, it is interesting. Uh, but those, yeah, there's these Biden signs that say make America kind again. 
which any of the like lib maga parodies aren't worth it stop doing that um but the kind again thing really fucking irks me because i i mean like when we i i listened to a lot of stuff today um i listened to the episode of bad faith which had they were talked with ice cube and um and Philip Agnew and uh, Derek Hamilton. And they were talking about like the, um, the black, the black community just in general in America, but also like the idea of reparations and um, racial justice. And I don't know how you can have a serious conversation about racial justice in this country and reparations and justice of any kind. If you're just pretending that America was kind literally four years ago, like, that type of denial and being unwilling to to um, actually reconciliate. There's no truth and reconciliation at all that's happened in this country ever when it comes to slavery, um, oh. let alone something like Jim Crow, which was you know 50 years ago, but like where people are still alive that so that went through Jim Crow. None of that has ever happened. So when we do these "Make America Kind Again" things, I just it makes me like so sick to my son it's it's the we're going back to brunch but like in a sign and i just can't i i don't i i that type of like brainwashing like does everyone just go through that fucking like men in black like memory blaster thing every three years like i'm i don't i don't understand the the selling point of that message why being being able to like look at past mistakes and being able to acknowledge them and and make them better is way more noble than pretending like they didn't ever happen and Mm -hmm. i don't i I don't understand any type of like actual positive movement that can pretend like things were things were fine i'll I'll say this and then i'll i'll step off but when it comes to the the make america kind again thing i'm sorry but you cannot describe joe biden as kind There are lots of adjectives that you can use to describe Joe Biden. Kind is not one of them. I'm sorry, but if you are the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee during the Iraq war, you are a literal fucking war criminal. You are not kind. When you are the author of the crime bill and one of the lead architects of the the school to prison pipeline, you are not kind. So this whole idea that you're going to make America kind again with Joe fucking Biden is asinine. Yeah. And just like tonight, too, they talked about how like Joe, one of Joe Biden's major points was he's going to escalate against North Korea again. Like and and for no reason whatsoever. Like, yeah, great. You're going to do the same policy that's failed. Like, what the fuck more can we do to Iran? We're already sanctioning the shit out of them where they couldn't even get treatments for COVID. We escalated sanctions while COVID was raging. Yes. We probably killed probably. We were probably responsible for at least half of the deaths in Iran just from COVID. They couldn't get medical Mm -hmm. equipment because of the U.S. sanctions that we chose to put into place. Also, Everyone listen to the A-Lab episode about Iranian sanctions because it'll change everything you think about those sanctions and how you think about sanctions in general. Sanctions yeah. are an act of war. We think they're kind of gender ways. No, it's but, violence, yeah. Oh, it's horrific violence. I mean, just just think about like everything we've done to Iran in the last, yeah. I don't know, 40 years since the, since the Iranian Revolution. 
What has yeah. this gained us? Nothing. What, is, what has our position against North Korea gained us for the last 70 years? Nothing. We're still in the same position we were before. We're right there on the 38th parallel. Right there. No one's gone north. No one's gone south. No one's actually made any sort of progress. But I'll give Trump credit on one thing. By actually talking to North Korea a little bit, he probably de-escalated the, the peninsula for a good 10 years. Which is the most yeah. an American president has ever Trump done in Korea? Trump isn't wrong on North Korea, to be honest. No, like, he's I don't done understand it. the. Uh, that's like one of the his his like weird laziness when it comes to this type of thing. I, I don't think he's anti-interventionist. He's just a fucking dumbass. But like the North Korea thing, him not escalating that has been one of like the only good things he's hasn't done. It's it's a good thing that he hasn't done anything to to hire to escalate that further. No, it he, doesn't make. It, he really hasn't. And I honestly think like it's a, it's kind of a genius move by like President Moon in South Korea, who pretty much is like used Trump's like empty vesselness yes. to actually like to kind of foster peace within the region too. Because yeah. for the most part, like getting an American president to go along with like a South Korean politician trying to trying to like lower tensions on the peninsula, have been pretty much met with no fuck off. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And I think that's, um, that's an important piece, actually, is that I, I, I don't want to give Trump as much credit as uh, President Moon's credit um, in like actually facilitating that setup and using Trump to lower those tensions, which is great. Um, but yeah, like, you know, what Greg mentioned, um, it, it made me think of like, so part of like the leaks that came out with like Hunter Biden or whatever, there were some um, there were like some texts that were shown that were like Joe Biden texting Hunter um, when Hunter was in rehab and Joe uh, is, is a very sympathetic and loving father to his son. And it was insane for the right to try to use that as ammunition against Joe because that might be, um, you know, that's that's just fucking insane to th attack him for that. <laughs> if there's if there's one thing that we've learned throughout this whole Hunter Biden thing is that there is a whole generation of right wingers who have never experienced anything that resembles a loving father or any yes. sort of healthy relationship it's, with their family. It's really it's really telling. Um, oh yeah, and, the, the the great example that's a John Cardillo quote. Oh yeah, today, fuck too, that which guy. is like, is this a healthy father son relationship? Like. Dude, I'm sorry your dad never told you he loved you. I'm I don't know what to tell you with that regard. Yeah, but. yeah the, the guy that Jordan mentioned, he he tweeted a picture of like Hunter and Joe like hugging and no, it was Bo, I believe. Oh, is Bo it Bo? Biden? Yeah, I didn't I, I didn't see who it was. I, it, the picture looked kind of old, but it was, so Bo and Joe and Bo, it, Joe is kissing Bo's cheek. And he said, does this look like an appropriate father-son relationship or whatever? And like, what is the implication? Is that he's like raping his son or something? No, like, it's a, it's a that? weird right-wing thing where if like showing a pedophile incest. Showing, a, showing affection to your children at, at any sort of level is somehow like essentially trying to make them, it makes them effeminate. That, that, that's the only have, way you can really oh, say it too. Yeah, the the like, pussification of, of, of liberals or whatever. Yeah. Which is why yeah. you saw like so many tweets just says like, fellas, is it gay to love your dad? Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. And um, all that to say, like one of the, the hardest things about Joe Biden to really, for me to grapple with is like, you, you know, I see these things and like, I, um, I see these relationships that he has with his family and he clearly loves his family very much and always had as has, and has had a really hard, has really has has had some really hard family traumatic events um, in his life, 
and it's really sad to me that he hasn't extended that same empathy or sympathy to those that have fallen victim to the to the policies that he's architected like he he is so he's given his son so many chances and every chance in the world to succeed um all the sympathy throughout rehab throughout like all of the struggles and has been open about that type of thing but he didn't extend that same um that same benefit of the doubt to anyone else that was a, a victim of of his policy so that's something to keep in mind. So like the whole America, make America kind again thing. Yes. Yeah. I hope Joe Biden beats Trump, but please don't have any delusions about like um, the people's lives who were, who were destroyed by um, who were destroyed by these policies. And um, I'm really nervous pretending like, you know, everything's going to be fine again in uh, you know, starting next January I'm really nervous what that means for, you know, 2022, wait, when are the midterms? 2022. Yeah. Um, yep. Like the, that could very well mean the Democrats get smoked in the midterms. Just like, like in 2010. It, yes. Mm-hmm. Just like in 2010. Just and history repeating itself. When you, when you, when your entire cell is, you know, we need to get Trump out of office, which I agree is something you can, that we need to do. Um, you're going to have a lot of people failing, to show up when you need them in yeah. two years. Yeah. No one's talking about what to do after that's, Joe Biden. Gets that's like, really no one's talking yeah. about it. Like what's the strategy beyond that too? Like, okay, fine. You took Congress back. You got the Senate, you got the house, you got the presidency. What are you doing now? Are you going to pass car yeah. check? Are you going to pass like things that are going to actually try and solidify it? Are you going to make DC a state? Are you going to make Puerto Rico a state? Are you going to try and like actually do things to maintain power as opposed to just like just piss it away like you did in yeah. 2008 like i i don't know the plan seeing how they've handled the amy comey coney barrett thing has yep. is not giving me any any um big hopes but oh, yes they, they're gonna I'm have none whatsoever they're they, likely gonna the democrats are likely gonna have all the power they can possibly uh be set up for success with uh starting in january and they have a lot of work to do if they want to maintain that throughout. They're, they're going to fuck the dog. They're going to do it. They're, they're going to like, we know they're going to, because they've built this entire coalition off of nothing but like blue dog Democrats who are just going to be like swept to power on this mandate of stopping Trump and then accomplish nothing. And then in yeah. two years when everything is still shit, the economy still shit, healthcare still shit, everything that affects people on a daily basis, they're going to be pissed mm-hmm. off and they're going to go right back to voting Republican. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, you're going to, or you're pro- just not show up every, or just not show up. Like yeah. they're doing nothing and it's insane. <laughs> that's uh that's my biggest, my biggest fear is, you know, you, you run on this platform of Biden isn't Trump and that's it. And nothing gets better. And then we end up with like a Tucker Carlson, Tom Cotton, 2024 presidency. Yeah. We're yeah, going to end up with really competent do, fascism. Like- I do yes. wonder who it is because I, I, I don't think it's going to be anyone we're kind of like, Con- I don't think it's going to be anyone we know at this moment who, who is going to be like Tom Cotton's too much. He's too much of like a pencil neck freak, dude. He looks like shit. He's it, very uncharismatic. It could just as easily be, it could just as easily be Charlie Kirk as it could be like Tom Cotton. Yeah. 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 And, so, and, that, and that's a terrifying thing too, is because like Trump broke the mold on pretty much everything. So it's was like, well, it's be another TV person or yeah. the, my pillow guy. <laughs> 
2024 is going to be the my pillow Dan Bongino. Guy versus dude the maybe Rock. Dan Bongino is he he he's born in this country yeah maybe Dan Bongino yeah, I think so but yeah he's kind of ethnically ambiguous so I don't know what his deal is it's going to be the commie gun girl versus the uh infowars gun girl <laughs> Kent State gun girl um <laughs> it, it's so, just going to be like a second amendment off to just a socialist rifle association versus national rifle association <laughs> uh, uh, man really bringing back cool. civil war <laughs> um and you know as we think about our political future i think it's important that we be concerned um about these things but but i think I've, i take some solace in the fact that you know there are two local utahns who are also incredibly concerned about the future of politics and you might be wondering you know um are the are these people concerned about the like you know environmental collapse that we're facing are they concerned about this insane you know e eviction job economic crisis that we're facing the fact that you know uh, we could be facing half a million americans dead by next year because of this pandemic um you know these aren't things that they're talking about unfortunately but they are talking about something equally as important to the things i just mentioned that and that is of course being incredibly kind and nice to each other and civil when we have disagreements and i am of course uh talking about spencer cox and chris peterson the two nominees for governor of the state the great beautiful state of utah um they put out a psa together this week that basically was a uh, chris peterson was helping rehabilitate the reputation of spencer cox who of course is uh was in charge of our uh, coronavirus pandemic uh task force response team unit squad um but only rode that wave and as long until it got him past uh the first hurdle which was uh, first and only hurdle which was uh john huntsman jr so now that he's passed that he's completely disappeared who fuck knows what he's doing and the state has completely given up and spencer cox is in a bit of um of need of some character rehab so they put out this PSA that was quite literally one of the most infuriating and embarrassing things I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, they might as well just gave like a link to like the lemon party because honestly, it was just a suck and fuck from the beginning. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was a straight up PR campaign, a gift from the Democratic Party of Utah to Spencer Cox in the form of a bukkake. I just, I just checked too, by the way, uh, Spencer Cox has retweeted coverage of himself six times in the last day. This motherfucker. Yeah. So that video did. So Jordan could put some clips in from, from that God awful piece of shit, uh, ad, but, um, they went listen like, to it and I hate you again. I'm Chris Peterson and I'm Spencer Cox. We are currently in the final days of campaigning against each other to be your next governor. And while I think you should vote for me. Yeah, but, but really you should vote for me. There are some things we both agree on. We can debate issues without degrading each other's character. We can disagree without hating each other. And win or lose in Utah, we work together. So let's show the country that there's a better way. My name's Chris Peterson. And I'm Spencer Cox. And we, we approve, approve this message. Hmm. These campaign buttons are all partisan. Don't you have any neutral ones? May the better man win. Let's have a good, clean election, that sort of thing. It it went like they they got like millions of views on that video and it was covered on like you know 
fucking who knows what national news talking about how incredible good it morning is. america i know they picked it up yeah the today show did something about it too i think cnn did something about it it's just been it's corporate media loves this shit because this is the type of thing that gives them like the legitimacy they need to keep going forward yeah yeah it's 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 the perfect thing where they don't talk about you know policies at all they're just basically like we we can be nice to each other without um uh we we can be nice to each other without like uh or we we can disagree and be nice to each other and we can be civil and we can have all of these disagreements about solutions but we're all on the same team blah blah blah, blah. um but really all of this 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 does is just protect and like there are people that thought this was incredible. Like I saw, you know, like you go through the comments, people just love this shit. But no, they eat it, really, it up. It's yeah, it's insane. Dude, people love this, and it's the make America kind again type of people. But like this, all this does, all this does is to it just protects these people and it insulates them from the criticism that they should rightly face. I I really fucking hate when politicians believe that they that this power that they wield is like it's just like your conservative neighbor just having a different opinion than you. And it's not like they, they're make they're actively making decisions that are harming people's lives and um, treating them as if they're anything other than that when they're making these decisions um, is grotesque. And like it's, being it's able to like, it's like saying your boss has the same responsibility as the people who are under him. Or yeah. Yeah, and it's in it, they the whole like being more concerned about civility than the actual like um, content and makeup of the critiques just really insulates them from you know having to actually deal with those critiques. So like this, the people will say it's like an ad hominem. If I say if I say Spencer Cox is a pussy ass bitch and I just leave it at that, sure, that's that's an ad hominem. But if I say Spencer's Spencer Cox is a pussy ass bitch because he refuses to do anything about the about the coronavirus pandemic that we're facing despite being in charge of the pandemic response team or whatever, that's different. I'm adding uh, I'm adding emphasizers onto a legitimate criticism of of his actions. So like the way that they're able to just sidestep these things and that you know people will be like you know you, you'll never be heard if you like unless you go about it the right way it's kind of how it's the way same way people tone police um uh like protests like you have to protest the right way you have to do all these things the right way in order for things to happen but like this is not <laughs> you cannot do things the quote right way in order to get people to listen to you can't compromise with a lot of these beliefs there's no compromise between someone like spencer cox who um you know believes that abor abortion is is equivalent to slavery I, there's no compromise between me and him on that on that topic and there's no reason for me to be nice to him about that about that type of belief He's a fucking disgusting person who believes that. And I think that like, just because I, we call him names doesn't mean that he's, he should be insulated from those criticisms. If he can't take being called a name, he shouldn't be running for fucking governor. Yeah. It, it's really that simple too. And like the civility politics things is always like a thing to pretty much bash anyone who has legitimate grievances too. Like we saw the democratic primary because that was the whole Bernie bro thing. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, these people are mad at me because uh, they just, they hate me because of who I am, not because I'm like trying to oppose them actually getting healthcare or housing yeah. or, and it's the same thing here too. It's, it's pretty much Spencer Cox being mopey because he just fucked up everything he's ever been a part of as a Lieutenant governor. And yeah. so everyone, and so he goes on a Twitter instead of like having like, gosh, do you think the jazz should keep Rudy Gobert? Instead it's like, fuck you. You that's ruined everything. Yes. That's what it comes down to is that he's mad that he can't tweet about the jazz anymore. Like that, like he, he can't, can't interact with people the same way he used to because now he's actually in control of things and people are actually and he has blood on his hands yes that that there's actual harm because of 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 his actions or inactions and now he's sad that he is is bearing responsibility for those and if you didn't want to like face this type of um face this type of, of of blowback then like you shouldn't have gotten into this this position or made the decisions that you did because like you have to deal with the consequences when you become a public official like this and uh it yeah it's just i i i of course i like they tweeted this at like seven in the morning which is when i wake up and i the first thing i saw and i was just like and then the next day like Uh, oh my god and he kept retweeting the praise about it and he doesn't talk at all about coronavirus at all no he he just retweets things about coronavirus because he retweets governor herbert like (laughs) yeah yell at the governor he's leaving in a couple months it's okay and then when i get in office i'm just gonna hide in the governor's mansion because i'm kind of a pussy yeah and who won't fight me yeah and politicians in general in this country have it way too easy and they haven't had to face the type of direct democracy that like a lot of the politicians in other countries have to and they're generally a lot more insulated than i feel that they should be but the thing was with the internet like twitter has it has democratized a lot of that and people can talk shit to them where they will see it and we all know that spencer cox does see it because um he is (laughs) perpetually online it's very online dude if you don't want people to tell you to fuck off just turn off notifications it's not that hard or you know be a good person or be a good person but you know i think he's much more capable of the first and the second sure sure but i i think the thing that really pisses me off about this too is like what is chris peterson doing on this thing like what do you have to gain about because you look like such a fucking cuck because you're on this i i it's insane dude you were supposed to just it did this to, he just helped rehabilitate his his image yeah because the fucking opposition party i know we don't have one in the state greg we no, do no, not have an not. opposition no, party no not at all we we have a controlled opposition at best because like we we talked about this last week too like we don't have people who run all the statewide elections we don't have people who run all the house elections we don't have people who run all the senate elections so when it yeah. comes right down to it we don't have a fucking opposition party well, no, even, John even Huntsman so, Jr. was was harsher to Spencer Cox about his handling of the uh, pandemic response in the primaries, which took place, um, however many months ago, like when we like, were at a fraction of the cases as as we have now. Like Huntsman was way harsher than Chris Peterson has been, and it's it just boggles my mind to to no end that we can't have any sort of opposition against the Republican Party and. Now we can just go back to my tweet that got ripped off by Better Utah. I'm not mad about that at all. But the Republican Party controls more of the legislature in this country, and I mean in this state, than 
the Communist Party of China controls in the People's National Congress. And there's no one to blame for how bad things are with coronavirus but the Republican Party. Like, yeah. They have a supermajority. Who else are you going to fucking blame for this? Also, shout out Better Utah for stealing your tweet. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly didn't care about that. I just love their like continued denials about like how they did it. Anyway, yeah, back to back to the rage. Yes, back to yeah. the rage. I yeah, my God, dude, but, I, I I just I can't I cannot understand the Democratic Party who in this state who just like, think in in general. I mean, we're seeing the same kind of thing well, with yeah. Amy Coney Barrett, man. Like there isn't I know. like anybody who wants to truly believe that there is a two party system in this in this country is completely up in the night with their head in between their ass cheeks. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's really bad. I can't remember who said it, but it was the, it was, it was an African leader. I can't remember who it was, who said like Americans think they're better than countries that have one party systems, but they're also a one party system, but they're so opulent that they have to have two parties. Yeah. In true, like American fashion in American opulence, they have to have two parties. That, that, that fight for the same thing. And that's the thing about the Republican Democratic parties, especially in this state, there is no fundamental differences between them. Like the only difference between like the Utah and, and the Utah Democratic party and the Utah Republican party is that one might wave a pride flag a little bit more. Yeah. That's it. There is no fundamental differences. They're both anti they're, Neither of them are are pro choice. Not even the Democratic Party, because you can look at like people like Ben McAdams. He doesn't give a shit about abortion rights. As a matter of fact, he is pro. He is pro life. Like, mm-hmm. and he's, uh, yeah, he's very he's very capitalist, very pro life, and has been making ads, which I was alerted to uh, by Trevor Brady, telling me. <laughs> Oh no! Ben McAdams has ads of like of, of people saying I'm voting for Trump and met Ben McAdams. Like Jesus Christ! Yeah, man, it sucks so oh. bad. It really, it really reminds me of probably my favorite Gore Vidal quote, where he says, "There is only one party in the United States, the property party, and it has two right wings: Republican and Democrat. Republicans are a bit stupider." More rigid, more doctrinaire than laissez-faire capitalism than the Democrats, who are cuter, prettier, a bit more corrupt until recently, and more willing than the Republicans to make small adjustments when the poor, the black, the anti-imperialists get out of hand. But essentially, there is no difference between the two parties. Fuck. Yeah, so... Just be a Republican. Just be a fucking Republican! <laughs> Seriously. Um... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I don't know, like that lack of foresight moving forward has me super concerned. But like, I watched it's going to come by everyone. I watched that Twitch stream of um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar uh, with Hassan Parker playing Among Us the other day. And I just wonder what's going to happen with like people like AOC, because we're getting, have, we're getting Nina Turner having John well, Kasich okay. on her podcast. I, aside from Nina, from that, I, but like, I actually am kind of hopeful good, about that. I, I am I, too, I think, because we have good members of Congress that not ones in Utah, not Ben McAdams, but like there is, there's something there somewhere. And we know that there is a pop, like we, we saw, we saw signs of this in the multiple Bernie Sanders campaigns over the last four years, the two Bernie Sanders campaigns. And we've seen 
you know, signs of there being potential for, you know, something else and something bigger, but I just don't know what that's going to take. And um, I think AOC in particular is, uh, is someone that threads the needle of like getting a lot of like mainstream liberal support from like younger democratic um, apparatchiks, democratic party apparatchiks, but then also like is, you know, sort of a socialist i guess so she's I don't at least know. a social democrat we can give her that too and yeah I, I think she carries a lot of power with her too because she also makes conservatives horny and confused so yes i think so too and so i i mean i i there are some things that give me hope but it's not through this like third way ben mcadams no. type of politics like there's gonna be a political realignment where there's um whereas there where there's the never trump right-wing uh democratic party and then there's gonna be the QAnon right-wing party and then there's gonna have to be a left-wing labor movement party at some mm -hmm. level and like one good thing that like um AOC did on that stream where is is that she explicitly I mean there were like half a million people watching them play that game but she was like explicitly telling people um, in New York in particular to vote on the on the working families party line and like we don't have something like that in Utah most states don't have something like that but like there's something there where there's gonna be I think a movement towards something else whether it's going to be like a third party that caucuses with Democrats or I don't, I don't know what it's going to be and it might I don't know if it's going to happen soon enough that it needs to um, it's already overdue but like I don't think the solution I the solution can't be through the Democratic Party at this point in in my estimation but I kind of disagree it, about that a little bit. I think that it can be through the Democratic Party especially in states like Utah because there's nothing fucking there to stop you. That's, that's I mean true. honestly like I bet you if we got like all of our friends together we could take over the Utah Democratic Party. Like I, uh, I honestly think that. Like if we could get like 50 people together we could probably like we could probably elect one of us party leader. Let's do that, dude. But fuck it. Let's do it, man. Because no who's going to stop us? Like the wine moms for the, from the avenues and every like contrarian Mormon from like Utah County. I think we can, I think we can take them. Let's have Madalena run. We'll just support her. <laughs> she, yeah. Um, she's already got like the hate from the local Republicans. So I think, I think she's off to a good start. Um, so yeah, I don't know. We're in like a, the weirdest fucking like purgatory type of uh, situation right now. And I'm just trying to help, help my brain um, not explode for over the next <laughs> few months. And this shit that Spencer Cox and uh, fucking Chris Peterson, Rocky Anderson wouldn't do this shit, dude. Um, Rocky Anderson would have probably challenged Spencer Cox to a fight by now. No, you look yeah. at like Spencer Cox's oh, yeah. like you look at like Spencer Cox's like replies and all that. Like Rocky Anderson's in him a lot of times. Like Is he really? Yeah, like he's in there too. He's like, you you've really messed up the COVID plan. What are you doing? I need to follow Rocky Anderson. I weak like, I, I stand. I do. I my plan is to just like be like Rocky Anderson's reply guy until we can get him on the pod. Hell yeah. That honestly would be really funny. He's got some good follows, like some uh, national spotlight type of follows. 
Democracy Now follows Rocky Anderson. He's probably <laughs> and, been on a few times. And Max Blumenthal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's in. He's got like the gray zone Twitter people. <laughs> yeah, dude. Wait, is Jennifer Rubin in his replies? Oh probably God. not. About our governor. Oh hell yeah, dude! Hell yeah, Rocky. Okay, yeah, this is a, this is a good follow. We should get Rocky on. See if he wants to. All right, this is yeah the official invitation. Rocky Anderson, please come on the pod. We are, Something tells me we are big uh, fans. Holler at your great. boys. Right. Oh, he has a he has a good Twitter. Okay, cool. I He's mean, a reply guy. I like it. He is a reply guy. There's no doubt about that. But honestly, if he could just like talk to us about the time he almost fought Deloy Hansen, I think like yes, that, would be, that alone. That would be the convergings of so many universes together. That would be perfect. <laughs> he called Donald Trump Jr. a moron. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, if the shoe fits. I know. Like he replied to him, and he's like, go, "Moron, go back to high school, dude." That's so funny. <laughs> That's such oh, like yes. a like seventy year old man replied to. It's great. I know. No, Rocky yeah. Anderson rocks. What a funny guy. All right. Well, uh, boys, I think that's uh, it for this week. Unless anyone's got some closing thoughts. That's uh, um, <laughs> vote or die. I guess I don't know. <laughs> you don't do. Don't don't just worry about people telling you to vote in Utah because yes, the, the yes. Democratic Party is not worthy of your votes in this state. It's not even worth your time. <laughs> um, actually, I'm feeling really nihilist after like the debates and like everything I've seen like the last couple of days. So maybe don't take my advice on that. But if you don't want to vote, don't vote. Vote if you want to. I don't care. Just I don't know. Do something. Yeah, put your, put your energy like towards something positive. Person that you like, I guess. Hang um, out with us on Twitter on election day as we drink ourselves into a stupor and live tweet. Oh my god! We dude. should just like I'm, we should just start like a Twitch stream for that one too, just because like fuck yeah. it and just have it. Going I think we should. Night. Let's do it, dude. I'm a uh, I'm scared about the uh, number of um, substances I'm gonna consume on that day. <laughs> I'm just afraid like we'll like pull like a Chapo from like 2016, just like eat shit during the middle of it too. Just like, Oh fuck. He's going to win. Again. Gonna, <laughs> there's okay. There's no way. I, there, there's no way this time there's no, I, I think you're right too. And honestly, I think it's like very, the problem is, is we are probably not going to know on the election day. Although it no. will, honestly, on, I think we might like if, if Pennsylvania goes such a large margin, he, it honestly could. Yeah. Happen. If Pennsylvania goes like before like 9 PM, then it's like, Oh, well going to bed. Hilarious. Well, even if he ends up getting a state like North Carolina or Georgia, which are apparently in play. Oh no. Like, if he gets one of them, it's, it's over. Mark my words. If he gets Pennsylvania called like on Tuesday night, it's over. Yeah. Yep. It's over. Like, cause there's no real route for Donald Trump after that. Like, cause if Pennsylvania's go, that means Wisconsin and Michigan are, it's gone too. Same with Minnesota. Okay. How does this happen every time? Last thing I got to say, uh, blue check, Political journalist tweeted, very disciplined Trump tonight. Can this hold for 10 to 11 more days? What do you mean very disciplined? He was just like out on his feet the entire time. Like he looked like he was going to fall asleep at certain periods. of. I know. And then he, okay. They gave him some Xanax and all of a sudden he's presidential. (laughs) He found some lewds from 1978. (laughs) Anyway. All right, y'all. We will catch you all next week. Love ya. Bye.